My name is Alex Barthet. I am a board certified construction attorney here in Florida. Um, we help contractors, subcontractors, uh, and suppliers with their contracts, lien, and bond claims. Today, we're going to talk about your lien and why, in almost every instance, it's probably worthless when you do tenant build out work. Um, I'll explain the intricacies of, of the law on why that is but also give you some very useful advice on what you can do about it. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. So on today's agenda, we're gonna talk about specifically why is the lien on tenant build, build out work worthless. Um, we'll look into it more deeply in uh, the one issue that is most important, and that is whether or, or not the lease between the landlord and the tenant has certain language in it, which can prevent you from having a lien. Um, we'll take a look at Florida statute, which governs this issue, so you understand exactly how it works. Then we'll get to the really important part, which is what you can do to protect yourself, because that's really why you're here, is to find out what the problem is and how to fix it. Um, and as of course, we do in every one of these presentations. If you have any questions, we will answer them at the end. With respect to your questions, use the uh, chat box on the side of the GoToWebinar um, program. Submit your questions. We will answer them at the end. Please make sure not to include the names of any people or, uh, or companies in your questions. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and get started. So the first thing you need to understand is why your lien is probably worthless when you do tenant build-out work. So let's take a scenario. You're an electrician um, or a material supplier to the electrician, and you are doing work uh, for a, a general contractor who has a contract with the tenant. Now, the general rule of law in Florida is that your lien attaches to whatever the interest in the property is that the highest person in the chain of contracts has to that property. So if I'm a supplier to a sub who has a contract with a GC who has the contract with a tenant, well, that tenant's interest in the property is, an, an, is not an ownership interest. It is merely a leasehold interest. So me as a supplier, I can only get the rights that the um, highest party in my chain of contracts has with the property. So in my example, that is um, a leasehold interest, which means that I don't have an I don't have a right to an ownership interest because that's what the owner has. The owner has the uh, the landlord has the ownership interest. The tenant has only a leasehold interest. So the first thing to understand is who hired the general contractor for the work. That is going to be the primary driver at understanding whether or not you actually have lien rights. So what's legally termed the fee simple owner, that is the landlord. That's the, the person or entity that actually owns the property. Did they sign a contract with the general contractor? So let me give you an example where you would likely have lien rights. So maybe you're working in an office building um, and the landlord hires you 
to renovate common area space, right? So you're not being hired by the tenant to, in, to improve their space. You're being hired by the landlord to improve common area space. Well, that's an example where you would likely have lien rights. So that's an example where your lien is probably pretty good because you have a contract um, with someone who has a contract with the landlord, not the tenant. Now, sometimes we see, it's rare, but sometimes we see that even in, in build-out work for specific spaces, maybe it's a restaurant, maybe it's an office space, the landlord will hire the contractor to do that work. Again, we don't see this very often. We usually see that the landlord will give a tenant improvement allowance to give to the to the tenant who will then manage the um, and contract for the build out. Uh, but if the landlord is the one that builds out the space for the tenant, so the contractor is hired by the landlord, then in that case as well, you would likely have good lien rights. Again, we don't see that all that often. We see it much more common where the tenant is the, is the contracting party. Um, so as I said, generally speaking, your lien attaches to the interest of the party that contracts with a general contractor. So what you need to figure out is who, who owns the property, right? So you may find out that the GC has a contract with XYZ Corp. The question is, does XYZ Corp own the property or are they just the tenant? Well, one way to find that out is to look in the public records and figure out who the owner of the property is. One of the things that you have to be careful on is not to exclusively rely on the notice of commencement. And let me tell you why. In the notice of commencement, there's a spot that says owner. And what we typically find is that the owner of the property that's put in that space is uh, can be the um, tenant, meaning that when the tenant fills out their notice of commencement, that notice of commencement, which has a spot that says owner, says um, the tenant puts their name in it. As a result, you may think that the owner is the party that's listed in the notice of commencement when in fact, it's the tenant that put their name there. So just be very careful. We There are some notice of commencement forms that do designate a spot for the owner and a spot for the tenant. But again, we see those much less often then we see one that just says owner. Um, so if you just see the word owner and you think, well, the owner wrote that, so therefore they must be the owner. That's not always the case. You have to look at the public record to see who the, the deed was issued to to determine who the owner is. So what happens, and, and this is really the crux of the issue. Um, if a landlord signs a contract with a tenant, most sophisticated landlords say uh, have a provision in their lease that say you tenant cannot hire anybody um, to do anything with respect to this property that gives them a lien right in the property. That's a pretty standard provision. Most commercial um, leases have that in them. Uh, so as a result, when that language exists in the lease, you are prevented from having a lien that attaches to the landlord's property. That's what is the, the, the issue that we have. Um, 
So what that means is if that provision exists in the lease, again, now this is a document you don't have, right? You don't have a copy of the lease. Um, it's not typically recorded in the public record. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so how do you know if this provision exists? Uh, if, if it does exist, understand that if you prevail on your lien with respect to the, to the tenant, you don't get to keep the property and sell it and own it free and clear. You get to own the lease and that lease um, allows you to move in and pay rent, right? Which is not what you're looking to do. Um, and almost always we find that when a tenant can't pay for the build out work, they also are not paying for the rent. And as a result, they're getting evicted, which means that even if you were to prevail and foreclose on the leasehold interest, which you can do, that lease may be um, terminated because the land because the tenant isn't paying the rent. So again, this is why having a lien on a leasehold is of very little value. Um, let's take a look at Florida statute so you have a better understanding of of what it says. So this is found in chapter 713.10. And it says that if the lease expressly prohibits liens and a notice of same has been recorded in the official records in the county where the parcel of land is located before the recording of the notice of commencement and the notice, this is the notice of the lease, includes the following information, the name of the lessor, the legal description, the specific no lien language that's contained in the lease, and a statement that all or a majority of the leases expressly prohibit such liability. Um, if that exists, then you will not have a lien on the landlord's property. So let me, let me give you another example. Landlord signs a lease with this no lien language in it with a tenant. The tenant then hires a contractor to build out her space. The contractor hires you as the electrician to do work. You think, okay, well, I can do this work like I do any other work because as a result, uh, if, if I'm not paid, then I'll just go ahead and record a lien and then I can foreclose the lien and, and sell the office building, strip mall, whatever. No, so what happens is that if the landlord has recorded a copy of this um, notice of no lien language in the lease with the name of the lessor, a legal description of the parcel, the language in it, and a statement that it exists in the lease, then even if you have lien rights, your lien rights only attach to the leasehold, the, the lease, not to the landlord's property. So you can look in the public record to see if this notice exists. Um, I would tell you, having now done this for 20 plus years, it is exceedingly rare that we find that a landlord has not properly perfected um, its lien prohibition rights, meaning that they most landlords know how the statute works. They're very sophisticated. They have the language in their lease. They record the document um, in the public record. So it is very, very rare. I would say one in a hundred, maybe one in 300 times that we find that um, 
someone messed this up. Now, when they mess it up, it has big implications. We have a case pending right now where we represent a contractor who did over a million dollars worth of build out work um, for a tenant. And it turns out, and we haven't been paid, and it turns out that the tenant, um, the landlord, sorry, did not properly follow the steps in chapter 713.10. Um, they, as a result, our lien, which was likely worthless if they did, is now tremendously valuable because we can now sell the entire strip mall, even though we only did work in one unit for a restaurant, our lien now attaches to the entire um, mall, which we now have rights to, which is the landlord's property. So again, it's not that it's impossible, but it's just very rare that we find that situation. So what do you do to protect yourself? Um, how do you avoid this from happening? What are the steps you can take? One of the things you need to do is have a better understanding of who are the players before you start the work, before you sign the contract. Um, because once you sign the contract, it's it becomes too late to start figuring this out. Um, so when you're doing work for a restaurant, an office space, a shoe store, a yogurt stand, whatever it is that, that you're doing that is likely the work at a uh, that would constitute tenant build-out work, you need to find out who hired the GC. Who hired the was it the owner or the tenant? Um, you need to search the public records to confirm who the true owner of the property is. So you can Google um, property appraiser Monroe County, uh, property appraiser Duval County. And it'll give you the property appraiser's website. You can search by the address um, or the folio number, and it will tell you who the current taxpayer slash owner is of that piece of property. Um, that's how you're going to figure out who the true owner of the property is. You can also search for this no lien affidavit, um, the one I told you that's supposed to be recorded uh, to see if that language exists in the lease. Um, how do you do that search? You can Google um, the name of the, the county and public records. Uh, so you can put in, uh, for example, Monroe County uh, Clerk of, uh, sorry, public records, and you'll find the search to do the public records. Now, the great thing about Sunray is that when you have Sunray do that notice, they do all of these searches for you already. You don't have to do them. Um, and if you have Sunray do your notices and you pick up the phone and call them um, or go online through their system, you can request the backup if you wanted to see it. Um, so they'll take all of this information and they'll use it when they craft the notice to owner. But again, if you wanted to understand how to do it yourself, this is what you need to do. Um, now, I know this next step is going to be very hard to do, but let me explain why it's really important. As a subcontractor, you need to avoid pay when paid language when you do tenant build out work. Let me paint the picture of exactly why that is. If your lien 
only attaches to the tenant's interest in the property, which, as I've already described to you, is probably worthless, and you don't have an interest in the land itself, then if the tenant doesn't pay the contractor and the contractor doesn't pay you as the sub, and you have a pay when paid provision in your contract, the contractor is excused from paying you. That's not a breach of the contract if you have a pay when paid provision. They um, no, they don't have to pay you because they weren't paid. So now think about that. You have a lien potentially on a piece of property that's not on the lease, that's not really worth anything. You have a contract with a contractor who's not in breach for not paying you. You've done the work, you have to pay your vendors. Um, so just know that having the pay when paid provision in your contract when you do tenant build out work is um, it's generally a dangerous provision. It becomes incredibly dangerous um, when you do tenant build out work. Uh, so do keep that in mind. Uh, what else can you do? You need to make sure you send your notice to owner. So even though the lien on the leasehold interest may be of little value if you actually have to sell it, sell it, um, you know, foreclose on that leasehold interest. The act of putting the pressure on and the sending of the notice to owner and recording your lien go a long way at protecting your interest um, and causing people to pay you. Remember, the goal isn't so isn't for you to have uh, a winning case and actually have to go through the court case. It's to have all of the, the, the dominoes lined up so that when the other side is confronted with you um, pursuing your claim, they know that you've dotted your I's and crossed your T's. Timely serving a notice to owner and recording your lien are two ways that you can uh, improve your rights to get paid. Um, you can also send what's called a demand for a copy of a lease uh, prohibiting liens. Now, this is a document that's separate from the notice to owner. It's not part of the notice to owner. Um, it's a demand letter that can be sent so that you can receive a copy of that lease. So I told you that lease is supposed to have that language in it, and you don't have a copy of the lease. But there's a, a mechanism in the statute to request it, and this is how you do it. Um, so here's what the, the demand looks like. This is not anything I wrote. This is right in the statute. Um, and it is sent via certified mail to the lessor, uh, the landlord, and you effectively tell them, you need to send me a copy of the lease, and I agree to pay for uh, the reasonable copy costs associated with that. Notice what the warning says, which is why sometimes people send it. It says, warning, your failure to serve the requested verified copy within 30 days or the service of a false copy may result in your property being subject to the claim of lien of the person requesting the verified copy. So let me explain. If you send this notice, this demand, and the landlord does not properly or timely reply to that request, then if you had a lien that was only able to attach to the leasehold interest, now because they fail to comply, it may not, it's not guaranteed. It may um, 
attached to the landlord's interest. So one of the things we see clients do is send this notice, not because they really want to get a copy of the lease, but they're hoping that the landlord um, fails to timely respond so that they can, um, if they need to later, they can preserve those lien rights. You can get a copy of this form, the one I just described, the demand for copy of the uh, no the lease prohibition is at the leanzone.com forward slash forms um, if you want to send them out yourself.